Sean Framley, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man GB Gerard Bonner and I hope you guys are doing well. We've made it to the end of another week and uh, yeah, I think we probably deserve our own Barry Horowitz style pat on the back. So just for me to you, go ahead, take that right hand, stretch it over your left shoulder, pat yourself on the back in good Barry Horowitz style. It's a pat from all of us on the faction to you to tell you congratulations because you made it to the end of another week and given the week this has been in the world of pro wrestling i think we all deserve a bit of congratulations that's for sure Shout out to all of you who are joining us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Many of you were very vocal this week, and we really, really appreciate that. Big shouts to all of you who are joining us right here on podcast. If you have subscribed to our podcast, thank you so very much. And I know I'm supposed to wait for a formal announcement. Uh, I'll do that. I'll, I'll be good. I can hear my brother saying wait, so I'm going to wait. But we got some really cool things that are on the way that I will be sharing with you very, very soon. But if you're joining us on podcast, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And if you're in that amazing cross section that does both, you are amazing. I hope there's a jewel added to your crown for sure. So if you're not subscribed to us, go ahead and click the subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to us. Apple. Google, you name it, and we will really, really appreciate that. And then if you're not following us, do so on the socials where we can be in conversation at The Faction Show. Okay, so for all of the potential news items to talk about, it's the story that we broke last night that has got everybody talking in the wrestling world. Clubhouse, Twitter, the socials, everybody's talking about it, and we've been talking about it here at The Faction as well. So in case you missed it. Here's what it looks like. Last night, there were another round of WWE releases, and this list is pretty crazy. Here's who made the list of releases. Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, Jesse Kamea, Katrina Cortez, who you may know as Electra Lopez of Legato del Fantasma, Jeet Rama, Oni Lorkin, Trey Baxter, Zeta Ramir, Scarlett Bordeaux, B-Fab of Hit Row, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, Karrion Cross, Harry Smith, Nia Jax, Eva Marie, Keith Lee, and Mia Yim, all of whom have been released, according to WWE, due to budget cuts. You saw my air quotes. That's why they've been released. And now you have yet another 20 wrestlers who are looking for work. Now, in most of these cases, it should be noted that there is a 90 day non-compete. So that means for all of these people who are no longer working at WWE, they will have to wait 90 days before they get the opportunity to apply their craft and get paid for it. So where shall we start? Let's start with some details about some of the folks on this list. You have a mixture of people here from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT 2.0. I want to start with some of the obvious shocking names. Let's start, of course, with Keith Lee, which was trending number one on Twitter for quite some time last night. 
Keith Lee, who, if you remember, two years ago, just two years ago at the Survivor Series, uh, was among the last men standing for Team NXT when Team NXT battled Team Raw and Team SmackDown. Keith Lee, who pinned Seth Rollins. Keith Lee, who ended up uh, as one of the last men standing against Roman Reigns. Keith Lee, who had an absolutely insane weekend during Survivor Series weekend, also being a part of that incredible War Games match the night before at Survivor Series. Keith Lee, who was part of the NXT crew in 2019 prior to Survivor Series, who pretty much saved the day for SmackDown when several SmackDown superstars were stranded over at Crown Jewel. Keith Lee, the same Keith Lee who won the NXT North American Championship at the top of 2020. Keith Lee, the same Keith Lee who managed to be the first man ever to win both the NXT and NXT North American Championships during the Great American Bash in the middle of 2020 during the year of the pandemic for WWE. Keith Lee, who was a highly touted draft pick to Monday Night Raw. Keith Lee, who found himself in a WWE title match and in 2021, found himself battling life-threatening sickness that kept him off of TV, that caused him to miss the Royal Rumble. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, who in 2020 had that epic Royal Rumble moment with Brock Lesnar, Keith Lee, who had just returned to Monday Night Raw as a draft pick under the name of Bearcat Keith Lee, who was being touted as a monster, just going through people left and right. Keith Lee, no longer part of WWE. Oh, and then his real-life fiance slash girlfriend, Mia Yim, who had a very strong showing in NXT, but came to the roster as part of Retribution and never got to perform as Mia Yim, uh, stayed under a mask under this whole idea of Retribution, which was short-lived and did not work out well for any of the people involved. Mia Yim, Keith Lee, a couple gone but they aren't the only couple because then you have to look at the man who beat keith lee for the nxt championship carrion cross carrion cross who had been built so heavily in nxt as a monster his entrance with scarlet bordeaux his real life fiance and the things that they managed to do in NXT and the way that they were built to be super tough, to be unbeatable. In fact, the only loss that Karrion Cross had was when he lost the NXT championship to Samoa Joe on his way to the main roster. Oh, he had already debuted on the main roster as the NXT champion as a part of Monday Night Raw and got wins over the aforementioned Keith Lee and over Jeff Hardy and over several others. Ah, this is weird. This is weird. But wait, there's more. There are highly touted people who were just brought to WWE in this 
calendar year, like Frankie Monet, aka Taya Valkyrie, former multiple time Impact Knockouts champion. Of course, we remember, and I fondly remember, her run, of course, in Lucha Underground. She is the wife of John Hennigan, aka John Morrison, who happens to be floundering right now in WWE, by the way. Just thought I'd mention that. Highly touted debut in NXT as Frankie Monet, one of the big, big signings that was supposed to do super big things. And now she's gone. Jesse Kamea, who was a, an NXT prospect. But let's talk about Ember Moon, another former NXT women's champion, NXT women's tag champion. Uh, someone who had done some really major things. Gone. When you think about Ember Moon, it also makes me think of Zeta Ramir, who had a big win over Tony Storm, who was formerly known as AQA in Booker T's reality of wrestling promotion. Yeah, Booker T, the connection between both Zeta Ramir and Ember Moon, who he trained and worked really, really hard with. These releases are also interesting because you then have B-Fab, who just signed a SmackDown contract as part of Hit Row, just debuted with Hit Row in the draft, was kind of the cool wild card factor in Hit Row. An accomplished athlete, basketball player, had done quite a few things, still learning her craft, but she's released. Oh, and then there's one other major name that I need to mention. And that it, well, before I mention those names, let me also mention that officially now all things connected to Lucha House Party are gone from WWE. Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado gone from WWE. Now, I should mention that Grand Metalik requested his release, he wanted to be gone. And I don't know that I blame him. I think the time for Lucha House Party had come and gone. Grand Metalik, of course, who was in the finals of the CWC, the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, along with TJP. Now they're both gone. This, this ooh, and ooh, right? Like this just, there's that part. But then you have to add to that, we have to talk about Eva Marie who also re-debuted this year. Remember, there was this whole big campaign for her return, the evolution, even though those of us who are wrestling fans didn't really see much in additional skill from her. Uh, Eva Marie, who was featured at SummerSlam, for crying out loud, in a war against Dewdrop. Uh, and then there's Nia Jax, who I don't think anybody thought would be released because she is the cousin of The Rock. She is part of the bloodline she's a former wwe raw women's champion she's a former two-time wwe women's tag team champion had an injury so much like stone cold steve austin and much like xbox she was released while injured okay now that i've actually taken this time to go through all of these releases, I have to also add to it, as I told you at the top, that these releases came as a result, according to WWE, of budget cuts. So in WWE fashion as of late, whenever these releases come out, there also is a financial report. I'm not kidding you guys. Yesterday, not only were releases happening, but an actual third quarter 
highlight financial report was released. And this isn't the dirt sheets, folks. This is actually on WWE's website. Go to corporate.wwe.com. You'll see this. And here's the first line on the highlights. And this is what it says. The first thing it says is all comparisons are year versus year. Okay, so brace yourself for this. Here's the third quarter highlight. The very first line says revenue was $255.8 million, an increase of 15% or $34.2 million, again, to the previous year's quarter, primarily driven by higher ticket sales and, to a lesser extent, venue merchandise sale resulting from the company's return to ticketed live events, including SummerSlam. That is the very first line, guys. So when we start talking about sensitivity and wisdom, it is very hard to say we just released 20 superstars and in the first line of your financial report you talk about an increase a 15 percent increase in revenue that has happened year over year driven primarily by higher ticket sales and to a lesser extent venue merchandise sales let me let me just Throw some things out there. Remember, I told you guys before I'm a math major. Numbers help tell a story. So I want to tell this story for you. I want you to think about the third quarter of 2021 for the WWE, which, of course, would be the months July, August and September versus the third quarter of WWE for 2020, July, August, September. A couple of things you should note. One of them is there have been this year alone now three massive talent releases okay all of that talent from this year was involved in last year's numbers okay so all of the talent that was released not just yesterday but back in june and then again in april all of that talent was a part of the financials that were a part of the third quarter numbers of 2020. So what you're saying is we released prior to yesterday another 45, 50 people. And in that, this quarter over last year this time, we increased 15% or $34.2 million. So in my little mathematical brain, I just sit back and I'm like, okay, so yes, you were going to have a massive increase in numbers in terms of uh, fans returning. Obviously, they're going to be spending more at the venue. You had a massive SummerSlam with 51,000 people there. Also, let me tell you what they said about SummerSlam. Uh, they said that SummerSlam was in front of 51,000 people. It was the most watched SummerSlam in the company's history. The event also set a record for sponsorship and grew merchandise sales by 155% compared with 2019's SummerSlam. Guys, there's a reason why these numbers are important. And these are the opening highlights of their 
quarterly report on the same day that they released nearly 20 superstars. Why am I telling you this, guys? Here's why I'm telling you. Because you can't tell me as an employee, as an onlooker, that you have released 20 people because of budget cuts and yet you are touting a 15% increase in revenue year over year. You are telling us that sponsorship and merchandise sales grew 155% for SummerSlam compared to the 2019 SummerSlam. We don't count the 2021 because there were no fans in attendance. So guys, what in Sam Hill is going on? Well, this really isn't difficult to understand. This continues to prove the theory that the WWE is very much interested in the financial bottom line. They are very interested in making money. And I want you to understand, and I know for some of this, this is really hard to, to wrap our heads around because most of us either haven't taken a break from WWE or haven't stepped back far enough to kind of understand what's happening. But what's been proven time and time again, ever since WWE went public, and they ultimately changed their name from the World Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment, that WWE is not a wrestling company. They are not a company that is interested in the bottom line when it comes, well, let me rephrase that. It's not that they're not interested in the bottom line. Their definition of the bottom line is different than what our definition as the WWE universe is as the bottom line. Their definition as the bottom line is not happy fans. It's happy paychecks. It's a happy bank account. And so that's the deal. It's why their product is geared towards ensuring that the masses enjoy, which means you're not going to necessarily get a great focus on the wrestling. Wrestling, watch this. Their name tells it all. They want to take entertainment to the world and in the middle sandwich a little bit of wrestling. That's the whole idea. Before they were a federation an organization, a conglomeration that featured wrestling that they were looking to take to the world. Now they are a group focused on entertainment, designed to take it to the world, hoping to sandwich some wrestling in as the medium. This is sad. It's sad. I'm sad for obviously all of the talent that has been released. And for everybody who says, hey, they're going to bounce back. And they probably will. But I just want to say that I think it's a little more difficult right now than it was even three months ago. And I'm going to explain why when we return. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see 
all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Southern in honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. All right, quick heads up. Tonight, we've got SHW 33 happening here in the Atlanta area in Canton, Georgia. Really excited uh, about this new era for SHW. We have a new SHW champion in Owen Knight. We have new tag team champions in the team of Zicky Dice and Ashton Starr. All of them will be in attendance fighting tonight. In fact, the main event is Owen Knight versus Joe Black. That's a barn burner. Can't wait for you guys to see that. Of course, you'll be able to check us out on our pre-show on Facebook at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Now let's get back to business talking about these releases from WWE. I think it's important to understand a few really, really key things about these releases. Obviously, as I was saying before, WWE is in the entertainment business. They're not necessarily in the wrestling business. And so why all of this is sad is there's so much talent that has now been released. And I wanted to explain to you why I think it is kind of difficult for that talent right now. Here's why. First and foremost, there are only so many hours of programming available on AEW. There are so many hours of programming available on Impact. There are so many hours of programming available for the NWA and for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And guess what? Now Ring of Honor is no longer an option for these folks as Ring of Honor is closing their doors, they say, for a few months. It's going to be at best April before they return after this final battle situation happening in December. So there are not as many places for people to be able to go. Remember, AEW's just had a massive talent influx, of course, back in September, signing Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, you got CM Punk in there, Bobby Fish, Lee Moriarty. There are a ton of major signings that have happened there literally in the last two to three months, this last quarter. So I don't think there's as much room in WWE for those folks. Let's remember that a number of folks showed up on Impact. W. Morrissey, the former big cast, the inspiration, also uh, the former 
iconics. You know, there, there's only so much room on television. And then we talk about the indies, right? Well, here's the thing about the indies. I think this is great for independent wrestling, but the challenge is, do these independent promotions have the budget to bring these people in? And if they bring them in, will they actually be a regular part of that presentation or will it be a one-off and what will it do in other words if they're going to bring in a keith lee for instance would keith lee be able to lower his asking price to show up on an independent promotion and there aren't as many independent promotions as many of us think yes there's a lot of wrestling out there but to have the budget that might be necessary for some of these superstars is where this becomes challenging. So I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I'm going to say that there are some of these folks that are going to come out of this okay. But I hope we will remember that there are still folks from the last round of layoffs that we have yet to see in a wrestling ring, a.k.a. Braun Strowman, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Neither of them have shown up on our television screens in the world of pro wrestling. So that's something to really consider that neither of them have been signed and they are former world champions for WWE that were caught up in that last round of layoffs. A lot of people have lost their jobs from WWE and kind of the unfortunate part of this is many of them were signed from independent promotions as WWE was looking to round up the indies and be in control of all of this stuff. Then they decided with the addition of Nick Khan to reimagine NXT. In reimagining NXT, now they no longer will sign independent wrestlers and because they feel like the wrestlers on Raw and SmackDown are too old, they need younger blood, they want to develop. So they're now taking those who have been with the company and maybe aren't where they want them to be and releasing them. Now, here's my bold statement. I believe that there are some folks in this crew that will find another wrestling home. I also believe there are some folks in this crew who may never end up in a wrestling ring again. I'm going to tell you a couple of people who I think are in that category. First and foremost, I don't think Eva Marie will end up in a wrestling ring again. She never really needed to be in a wrestling ring. She's managed to launch her model and influencing career really well. So I don't know that there's a need. And I also don't know that there's a hunger for Eva Marie to go to the Indies and apply her craft. The unfortunate part is she actually trained really hard for this comeback. Then I don't think we'll be seeing Nia Jax in a wrestling ring again. Not because she can't wrestle, but I don't think her desire is there. And I don't think that this generation of wrestlers feels about wrestling as previous generations and here's what I mean and I don't want to cast aspersions at all but I want you to catch what I'm saying the older generation of wrestlers this was their life they would be in the business for 35 40 years and would have a very difficult time leaving ask Ric Flair ask the Undertaker ask several others who just couldn't stay away from the business 
this generation who I think honestly have been influenced by the success of The Rock have been able to see that pro wrestling doesn't have to be a lifelong career for some of them. Some of them have seen what success John Cena has had, the success Batista has had outside of the ring. And when you get to the understanding that it's possible to make more money by putting your body on the line less, many of them jump at that. And so I think Nia Jax has been using the wrestling business as perhaps a springboard to some other things. If you follow her on the socials, you know, she's an influencer. She has had modeling opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think the reason that a lot of us get upset when these massive firings happen from the WWE is especially in this pandemic-like era, Jobs are hard to come by. Great jobs are hard to come by. And whether we like you in the ring or not, nobody wants to see you lose your job for a reason like budget cuts when same said company then reports a 15% revenue increase year over year. Hmm, hard to stomach that one. So I wish all of these superstars well. I hope we see them in promotion sooner than later. Again, remember for many of them, it's gonna be 90 days before you can see them, which if you're doing your math, that's December, January, February, before you can see some of these superstars. So that means obviously Ring of Honor is off the table. I don't know how much more additional programming AEW can afford to do by february rampage will stay on tnt dynamite will have moved to tbs i don't see them adding a third hour of dynamite uh i don't want them to add another edition of dark so this is going to get interesting because aew just can't sign them all impact can't sign them all i don't know that any of them would want to go to the nwa so this is a very interesting time in the world of pro wrestling. Some of you have shared your thoughts on this, have wondered what's going on. Now, after hearing this information, I want to hear what you have to say. So hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We definitely want to get your thoughts. Again, if you're going to be in the Atlanta area tonight, join us for... Southern Honor Wrestling, SHW 33 goes down tonight. Tickets are available at the door beginning 5 p.m. Eastern, 261 Marietta Road at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. We look forward to seeing you there. If you're going to be there, hit me up and let me know. I would love to see you take a picture with you, hang out with you for a bit uh, before or after the show. Oh, and shout out to those Atlanta Braves who are the new Major League Baseball world champions. Should be a fun, fun time here in the city as the big parade and concert happens today. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. I hope you've enjoyed us getting kind of back to normal in terms of our content release schedule. And follow us on the socials at The Faction Show. All sorts of news will consistently drop there, even sometimes before it hits podcasts. So with that said, until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people.